Hey y'all, this is Dick Darren from StraightHustling.com. Are you a hunter or just like to target shoot and have a good time? Then you need to check out Freedom Munitions. You can find a link to Freedom Munitions at the bottom of StraightHustling.com. I can't say enough good stuff about Freedom Munitions. It's where I buy my own ammo, great prices, you buy directly online, and it's shipped to your doorstep. It doesn't get any better than that. You can sign up for their email specials and check out their brass buyback program. So please click the link at the bottom of our site, straighthustling.com. Takes you directly to Freedom Munitions and get your hustle on. Let's get on with the show. Hi, this is Tina Soul, and I'm on live with Straight Hustling. Let me light a cigarette and drink me a beer. It's Sunday morning. And if my baby calls till it rain here, it's Sunday morning. The bar is closing down again. Me and all my ratty friends I think the sun's coming up again It's Sunday morning Yeah, yeah, yeah It's Sunday morning Yeah, yeah Another Sunday morning Another weekend worth of kicking it Now I'm sitting on the couch and mentally reliving it Alright, this is Straight Hustling, we're back Dick Darren, we got Stu How's it going, peeps? Money Mike laying out again You know what? You gotta give old Money Mike credit For what? Not being here Oh, yeah <laughs> So His paycheck will reflect his absence So we got a good show tonight we got uh, Tina Stoles, NHRA, dragster racer, yeah, she cancer run, survivor. She runs several different cars, uh, I guess, over the past time she's been doing this. Uh, yeah. It's got to be fun, man. Hit that big, I'm throttling big, fat-ass tires take off. Yeah, that's cool. So we got to see what that's like and uh, see how see if she spills her beer on the takeoffs. Yeah, we can find out. You know she's got to have something going on. We'll, we'll try and find something. Else. She's got to be a cool lady, man. Anybody can drive, a woman can drive that fast. We'll see what kind of gun she likes to shoot and see if she wants to get some freedom munitions. You know what? I bet she said that. I think she lives somewhere out, out west. I bet she Texas. Probably, she's probably popping them off. She, yeah. Freedom munitions are the cleanest ammo you can buy. Check out free munitions at the bottom of our website. There's a link you can click. Check them out. we got some good stuff. Let's get Tina on the phone talking about this dragster race and see what it's like going 200 miles an hour. See how exciting that is. What's going on, Tina? Yes. Hey, how you doing? This Hello. Is, this is Dick Darren with Straight Hustling, and I got Stu with me. Hello, Tina. Hello. All right. Well, thanks for coming on our show. We really appreciate it, and uh want to find out a little bit about you and talk about your, about your career and a little bit of everything you've been doing. Well, it sounds good to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> All right. Where are you living now? Well, I, I live just north of San Antonio in a little town called Bernie, Texas. Cool. Little, little off the beaten path, but it's it's a nice it's a nice town. A big change from I'm originally from California, so uh, it's a huge change from um, that to a sleepy town. But man, there's it's it's a wonderful place to raise kids, and and I've been pretty happy here. Yeah, everybody we've talked to from Texas loves it. I haven't never been. I flew into it once, but never really did anything there. Well, it's definitely you. At some point, you need to do a stop over here because it's it's a very unique place. But man, it's a uh, um, man. There's no matter even when you're in the city, you're still in the country. It's, oh, wow. it's a nice mix. That's cool. Is it changing much uh, last few years, or is it pretty much staying the same? 
Well, you know what? I, I actually moved here um, right before we had a big building boom. Um, so I've seen my little town um, change a little, you know, change a bit. But coming from, like, California, um, it's there's, there's something. I don't want to say they're behind the times, but in some ways they are in the sense that people are a little bit more laid back. Um, you know, everybody's, it's not so politically correct that you have to watch everything. There's, there's so much more, um, I mean, for me, it, it's so much more, the individual is still kind of tolerated. So, cool. you know, unless you're like embar- infringing on somebody else, you can pretty much uh, dictate when you do what you want. <laughs> All right, that's cool. We're not very politically correct on our show, so. Just a little heads up. <laughs> there ain't no telling what shit we'll say sometimes. So. All right. Well, I was talking to you a little bit. Uh, so in Texas, you said you're they don't get pissed when you drive your drag strip down the road or no noise well, complaints. Not, not too much. I, you know, I move. It's funny because I kind of moved into a. I moved into a gated community. So you think, oh my gosh, we have we're going to have all these zoning laws. I know in California. You know, they wanted to dictate everything from you know where you park your car and where you put your trash cans, etc. So I lucked out and found a little piece of property that's kind of tucked in the back of the community. And, you know, I can't even see another house from my house. All right. Um, that's nice. So they don't mind my big old trailer and they don't, you know, I roll my, my car out. And, you know, um, it's probably not nearly as, as uh, noisy as the goats and the sheep that live <laughs> in the property next to me. So, <laughs> you know, we, we pick and choose what we complain about. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, well, I first noticed you, um, you know, with the, uh, your picture with the dragster and everything. Very cool. How long have you been racing? I, you know, I started racing about 15 years ago. So I started very late. I was in my mid thirties the first time I ever sat in a car. And actually the first time I actually uh, drove a car, I was at the Frank Holly drag racing school. So oh, cool. it was, it was definitely kind of something that came along a little bit late in life. Um, and kind of the weird thing was I didn't even know anybody who raced. I just happened to have gone <laughs> to a bunch of races and watched it and said, this looks fun. And, you know, was at a point in my life where, you know, if you want to try it, try it. If you, you know, if you, you suck at it, don't do it anymore. If you're good at it, keep doing it. And I, I did my first burnout and asked, uh, the guy who was running the class, where do I buy one? And have been just, you know, have just absolutely loved it um, ever since. So, where do you buy been, one? You know, well, you know what? I, I really, I kind of look back at how I got into the sport and thought that was just. I mean, it was a lot of dumb luck because I would not recommend doing it that way. I happen to have had um, one of the guys who taught the class knew people that had and found me a, a really good competitive car that was at the bottom end of um the cost factor um but it was it was good enough to win rounds and so um you know i you know i literally bought it sight unseen and the guy delivered he delivered it my house and i'm like oh there's a computer in it what's that for (laughs) and he gave me literally i could i I could almost hear his eyes rolling today um you know i race against him now but i I, he was like i remember him just kind of like looking at me and going uh here are the numbers if you go bracket put these numbers in and then you know i mean i thought you know i look back down and i realized that you know, just that question is probably a 
you know, four hour conversation. <laughs> and he's just like thinking that this lady has got to be the dumbest thing, you know, this side of the Mississippi, um, you know, get, you know, deliver the car and get the hell out of there. But I, I was very fortunate to have, a. um, Met, you know, some racers at the first couple races that were incredibly unsuccessful and had a racer say, look, I'll help you. I can't watch this anymore because you're going to get hurt. <laughs> Park next to me, you know, you, I think I paid his entry. I can't even remember. You know, yes, but I'll make sure you get down the track safely. And I ended up by actually racing with him and his team for a year and a half. But, you know, the first race he dialed for me, I mean, I went four rounds. I thought, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, the, that's the death sentence for successful racing is the second you think you've got it, you got it made. But, you know, years and stuff, I went from literally, you know, barely able to, I mean, I could drive, but is, having to learn everything about the, you know, competitive nature of the sport and how to, you know, strategically and, and the lights and all that kind of stuff over the years have, you know, been weaned off of help, and it, it's finally taken me about 15 years, but here I am, and now I go to races by myself. and Kicking our know, asses. Dial the car myself. <laughs> the way? I said in kicking our asses. <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, <laughs> I will go bragging. I think that's all. <laughs> you, start, you start to be talking that way, you, yeah. you know, you're, you're asking for problems. So, oh, you know, just... Humility. I've always found humility in the sport is a is a well deserved quality because if not, man, it it's it's a long fall. But yeah, I mean it's it's you know, I, I can go out and have fun and at least, you know, uh you know I just getting to go to the races where I'm I'm not reliant on who else is going and stuff, it's yeah. been a long haul. But there's a lot um of stupid stuff and and I mean, there's so much to learn that I bet. Damn. just to get the to be ba- just to get the basic knowledge yeah. is hard enough, you know. That's cool. <laughs> I still I still have my gurus. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. You followed your dream and you kept going, and I bet you made a lot of good relationship friends and stuff. It sounds like it that helped you through along the way. Probably lifelong friends, and that's a cool story. Yeah. Now you mentioned it. That- it, it is. It, go ahead. You mentioned that. Um, the first time you did that burnout, you were hooked. Where's the car? Yeah. Do you, do you still have that same feeling after 15 years? Or does it, yeah. is it just a better, different feel? You know, it, it, it's, I'll tell you, there, there was an anxiety when it came down to, you know, we sat in our classrooms for the first day and you, get, you go through all the mechanical and the, the so forth. When it actually came to sitting in the car and doing the burnout, there was just this incredible, anxiety and um I don't I don't want to say it was here but it, it it was kind of just this you know gut feeling and then you go and you do the burnout and or the you know a pass and you go Wee! and it's like everything's <laughs> awesome you know it's all that it's kind of like almost as, as scared as you are that's how awesome you feel and um you know and that's really what got me hooked and I was just telling somebody I did a, a race here um, just I think two weeks ago, and I've been I have I've been out of the chair for well I've got six months because I kind of ended my season a little bit um, early last year because I had um, I had I had some you know family issues um, we had some losses last year and so 
I stepped out early, and then this year trying to get back to a race, we've had three or four rainouts. So I was oh, wow. racing two and a half months. So it's been a long break. And I'll tell you, I had the butterflies. I had that queasy feeling. <laughs> I had, you know, it, 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 it's not even a worry about, like, am I going to crash? Or but there was an anxiety that builds yeah, up. And then sure enough, you go take that path, and you feel like, you know, oh, I could do this a billion more times. I mean, it's just, there's such a high that comes with the, the adrenaline rush and the, and, the, you know, getting everything to work together and things coming out, you know, coming out well that, that comes back. That I mean, it, it'll drive you, you know, back into that, that um, race chair over and over and over and over again. Yeah. With all the an- anxiety of racing and getting, uh, you know, the adrenaline and stuff, do you ever find yourself pulling up to a stoplight in your normal car and just trying to time the light and, and just taking off? You know what? Not that often, but anybody who says they don't <laughs> is probably lying. I mean, there, there's, there's something, especially, I mean, I, I've actually been pulled over twice now coming from, there's about a five, there's a short strip, you know, between town and my turn off. And twice now, and it's, both times it's been when I'm thinking about my engine. <laughs> and I'm driving along, you know, my big old pickup truck. But I get last time I got pulled over and I rolled my eyes. I looked down. And I go, oh, I was like going maybe ten, fifteen miles over the speed limit, and we're out in the country. Oh, that's not bad. And I, I was like, man, I go, yeah, it wasn't. And and the cop pulls me over and he goes, he, he goes, I kind of, I get that. Oh, it's you. I can see that look. <laughs> and he goes, Stu gets so that what's a lot. On tonight? And I said, I go, I'll be honest. I go, I'm thinking about. My, you know, cause I just talked with my engine man. I said, I was just thinking about, we're trying to decide whether to upgrade to the 632. And I go, I'm sorry. I just, I wasn't paying attention. And he just laughed. He goes, you know, well, he goes, and he looks at me and he goes, well, I know that probably 10 miles over the speed limit, you're not going to crash. So I'll let you go with the warning. <laughs> at least you didn't make <laughs> him goes, chase so you. Keep it so. I, yeah, I mean, the thing is, he goes, you know, and the truth is like, you know, 60 miles an hour on a, you know, yeah. empty road. I probably, you know, there's not a whole lot of problem be losing control and crashing. But it, it, it's true. It's just just talking about the sport talk, or thinking about thinking it or about whatever. It. it does get the adrenaline bump. You know, it's just. Yeah. That's why we do it. That's why we do it. But Out of 15 years, how long did it take you to stop spilling your beer on the takeoffs? Yeah, see, there's no drinking and driving <laughs> that you don't miss. No cup holders or nothing. And no, no, there. Yeah, I will guarantee there might be a makeup mirror in my drag. <laughs> there's no cup holders. <laughs> so you can put your makeup on, going though, huh? I was going to ask you that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, oh, heck yeah! I, oh, talk about pissing off a competitor. <laughs> there, there is. There is nothing more irritating than using their headers on their car to put on your lipstick. <laughs> it, it, it just, it just unnerves them. And, you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, they'll, they'll pull their little stunts on me. And that's probably one of the only girly stunt I pull on them. But heck yeah, you know, <laughs> why, why not? <laughs> that's awesome. That's crazy. So what are the different types of dragsters, and what's the one that you're running right now? Well, I run what's called a Super Comp dragster. It's Super Comp basically is a 890. It's called um, Quick Rod if you're an IHRA. They're similar to a bracket car, um, 
you know, for somebody who's completely not a uh, drag racing fan, the long skinny ones with the big tires in the back. That's the, oh, okay. <laughs> the easiest way to describe them. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and my car is the, you know, the chassis is certified to go down to like six seconds. At Super Comp, I'm running about an 8.9 second, um, which means that I'm actually slowing the car down in order to hit that 8.9. The car can probably go low sevens. Mm. If I want to race the next class that's faster, we would move up to top dragster, which I have raced, and I've actually raced it in this car, but I raced it in this car with a different engine. I blew up my bigger engine, so that's why I'm back in Super Comp. Um, but when I did that, we were running in the low 190s. Mm. Now, to run top dragster, um, a lot of these guys are running well over 200. Yeah. Wow. But it's, you know, basically it's the same car, it's just, you know, obviously a much faster speed. Sure. And there's a, a lot different strategy and stuff. Mm. What's the fastest you've been? Um, 194 at 6.99 seconds. Oh, wow. That's, that's moving, man. So that, it, and that'll, that'll sum you back. If you look at the, it like, kind of um, compare it to other cars, that, I was running a 106, 60 foot, um, which is pretty, I mean, that's pretty, pretty fast. That's pretty close to what some of the pros are doing in a much faster run, um, because my, you know, my style car, we only have two gears, but that's a very, that's a very fast takeoff. Um, right now I run, I think my 60 foot is probably 1.6, but that then it's still, you know, it's still got plenty of adrenaline, but we, you know, most of the pull is going to be in the very first part of the track. Yeah. And then it kind of, it kind of levels out about mid track, but there's a lot more technique in running like super comp versus um, top dragster because we are, we're also having to do a lot of um, decision-making at the finish line. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you set your car, but if you run anything under the index, you lose. So you're trying to get up there, trying to set your car on a, on a number. And, and also you're having to run the person next to you because, you know, I mean, it's, it's when you're talking a hundredth of a second, um, you're not talking that much. Wow. Yeah, That's right. a huge amount incrementally. As far as like what we're doing dialing, I mean, I always like to be able to be within about three thousandths of a second. So we're talking, you know, a third of a, a third of a hundred. But you have to then make determination whether the other guy is, um, you know, did he leave before you? Did he leave after you? And, um, what is he dialed at? So yeah. there are decisions at the other end, sometimes to hit the brakes and other times to try to get through the line. So, ah, yeah. um, even even when you have a perfect light, there's always a way to lose it at the other end if you make bad decisions. Yeah, sure. So. Yeah. You're, you're talking about making decisions in seven seconds. I mean, I'm, by the time actually, I got to the end actually, of the track, making, I'm done. All of those decisions are actually made in the last second. They're all made between the like the thousand foot cone and the three uh, the um, thirteen twenty cone. So your the last three hundred and twenty feet are where it, it's probably a lot closer than even that. So they're all, you know, pretty much you, you come off the line, you, you immediately try to make the determination who left the line first, then you ride it out. And at the other end, you have to kind of gauge based off of how fast you know that car can run, how fast you're running, 
You know, if mm. I know he's running, his car is the same speed as mine, and I look over there at the thousand foot and he's not even with me, I can tell if he's ahead of me or behind me or whether who had the faster light, etc. Yeah. If he, his car is running 10 miles an hour faster than me at the thousand foot, I also know where he should be. And so you have to make those determinations, you know, at the thousand foot and then try to decide what you're going to do. Because if you have to also, did you set up hot? You know, a lot of guys will set up on an 888 for an 890. So they've set themselves up, you know, a, a hundred hot. Um, some guys will set up on an 883. So they're like six, seven hundred hot. So they're going to catch you a lot sooner. And, you, you know, I mean, so if they're, you know, typically, if they have a much faster car, they're running about 10 miles an hour faster than you. If they haven't kind of caught up to you and you haven't heard them whomping their engine to slow it down, something's off. They probably were dead late on the light or, or something. Yeah. So you don't want to, you don't want to hit your brakes too hard because then you'll give them, you'll yeah. give them a strike back. So there, there's just a lot going on and it's incredibly frustrating. Um, because it's so, it, it's, so hard to get good at, especially if you don't get a race as much as some of these guys do. I, I've um, tried to explain to people who play. Do either of you play golf? Yes, uh, used to. Or ha- okay. Imagine I'm going to teach you golf, and so we go out to the golf, you know, golf course, and you swing the club a couple times. I put a ball down, and you swing and you hit the ball. <clears throat> And then I say, okay, good, let's go back. We go back to the clubhouse, and we wait about four hours. And then we go out, and you, you know, the club around, and then I put a ball down. You hit the ball again. A little bit different, not quite where you wanted it, but, you know, not bad. And then we say, okay, we'll come back tomorrow. That's go- that's what trying to learn drag racing is. Yeah, wow. Is you don't you don't get to sit there and do t- ten repeats so you can get a, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. It, it was incredible. You know, you get to go out and you take a here's a pass. And even if you blow it, I mean, especially if you blow it and you go, okay, well, that wasn't even worth looking at. You still wait three or four hours before you get to go out and do it again. Hmm. And then they tell you, come home, you know, go home or go back to the hotel, come back tomorrow and you get two more swings. And then you come back on the third day and you go into first round. Yeah. And then if you lose first round, you drive another 1200 miles home. And your next race is in two weeks. So you get back out there and you do the same thing. It's, it's very, it's, it's a very, and, it, and I think that's why a lot of times races feel so much pressure on every path and on every qualifying path is that it literally, you know, so far I've gone down the track five times this year. Oh, wow. And one of them, my last pass was first round. I had a triple zero light, so perfect light. And I got out about 300 feet and my engine cut out. Mm-hmm. And then it came, you know, I restomped it and it came back on, it cut out again, did it. And I lit down there. I mean, I, there's pretty much once the engine cuts out, you're done. Yeah. But I'm done for the year. So I have to almost throw away all four of those passes because the pass prior, there was a slight glitch with the carburetor. So I had to throw that one out. So what happens is it's like it's so difficult to build any kind of data and it's so difficult to, you know, because I'm trying to get, as a driver, I'm just trying to get in my own Yeah, get your rhythm down. Yeah. yeah. And if the car is acting up, 
it's going to throw the driver off. I know, I mean, I had gone out that first pass. I mean, I had a triple O light. Probably a great reason why I had that was that when I did my burnout, the car shut off on me and I couldn't get it restarted. So I had to really kind of, you know, scramble, got it, was able to get it running and kind of feathering the engine, keep it running and all that. It totally amped up my, my adrenaline. Yeah. What I, you know, I had, I had a perfect light, probably had that not happened. I would have had like a 10 light, you know, Mm -hmm. that extra adrenaline will usually cause you to red light. And I was probably, you know, I'm obviously I was a oops from red lighting. Um, but it's like, okay, so now all that data is, is shot. So it's just, it's just one of those things, you, you know, you gotta love it. It is, it, it actually, I mean, it's awesome, but it's frustrating. It's a <laughs> lot of hard work. Can imagine, yeah. It's, you know, you, half the time you're just trying to keep things from messing up. You're, you know, if you, if, you know, if every time you went to the track and everything ran right and ran as it was supposed to, it'd probably be easy. <laughs> yeah, everybody could do it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's just, it's just that there's, it ain't, I mean, I have rarely, I should say, since I've taken over mechanicing my own car, I've rarely had everything work. It was a little easier when I had when I had guys who were doing this every weekend, and they and they're mechanics, and you know, and for them, the the generator stops working. It's no big deal. They go out there, they hit it with a wrench, and everything <laughs> runs again. You know, my generator stops working. It takes an act of God and about nine favors to get it going again. So it's it's. You know, but I keep going back and I go, you know, if this was, you know, I can't complain too much because I could be sitting home. Yeah, really. And you think just the fact that I get to do this to me is kind of amazing because I really had not you know, up to the point that I just decided to do it. I had no qualifications. I had no inroads. I had no, you know, I didn't have somebody who says, come drive my car. (laughs) Whatever. We're hoping you, you know, tell us that. The what? We're hoping you tell us that. Come drive my car. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey man, you break it, you buy it. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm getting set up. I don't know. Do you ever go on like the? Uh, <laughs> you ever go on like the Xbox Live and play the dragster Need for Speed or any of that and whip people's asses on there? You know what? I, I actually have. I have tried. Uh, a, video i can't remember which one it was and i was horrible <laughs> um and, and i you know i i'm not very good with a, a, a video game in fact my my daughter loves playing these video games because it's like we went to one at disneyland where you got to play it and i go how come who keeps throwing me off the bridge and i look over at my daughter and she's on the other controller and i'm like this person in the video game, kept running up to me, picking me up, throwing me over their head, and throwing me off a bridge. And just when I get, and I realized it was her. I, I, what it, for whatever reason. But there's kind of that that the the truth is when it comes to like drag racing, it is the seat of the pants. Yeah. It's like when you do your burnout, you you know you. Uh, I, I think when I first did it, they said count to a thousand one for how long a burnout is. But what you begin to realize is when you do the burnout, you feel the car go up on the tire, and then you feel it pull out, and when you feel it get past the point of spinning, that's when you release out and roll. Mm. Wow. That's all feeling. 
I don't know how. That's crazy. That'd you know, be cool. and and it, it's the same thing as like when the car gets out of the groove, you edge it back in, you edge it back in, you don't turn it back in, you don't try to comp it. Yeah. It's just that that thing. So so much of it is truly driving by the seat of your pants, going by feel. And um, one of the things that kind of like kept me in the sport was you find out really quickly when things go wrong, how do you react? And if you do the right thing, everything works out well. If you do the wrong thing, things end badly. And I, I guess I've just had a tendency to do, to compensate the right way. Yeah. And I think it's because I drove, you know, I mean, I've been driving since I was 13, 14 on backcountry roads. You know, my parents, you know, we had a place in Colorado, so I've been driving, you know, for, you know, 20 years in all different kinds of weather and blah, blah, blah. Before I got in a dragster, and I think that's one of the things that really allowed me to learn quickly was just the fact that I had so many so much regular driving time in so many different cars and so when I stepped behind the wheel I had a lot more to draw from where if you take a kid who's you know 18 19 brand new and they might be excellent drivers but they haven't had the experience of you know driving necessarily on ice or snow or into bald tires and you know whatever you know so it it just kind of uh, you know works out well we know I want to ask a stupid question. On the burnout, you keep mentioning that's where, you know, the adrenaline starts kicking in. What is the purpose of the burnout? You know, everybody assumes it's to warm the tires up and pick up rubber. Is that correct? Or is it? Uh, well, it, it does warm the tires up. I, you know, the truth is that's what I've been told because I've never taken tire gauge to the tire and, and done the pressure prior to after. But, I do know that when I get back to my pit, my tire pressure is quite a bit higher than when I leave. So, obviously, all of that does affect that. Part of it is to lay down fresh rubber. So, when you do a burnout and you back up, you'll see where you just did a burnout. And hopefully, where every, you know, tire when we pull up through the water, more than likely, we're looking for the line where everybody else has been doing the burnout. And we're going to choose that same line. So that when we go, to, and that's why some of these cars, they have people who back them up. Yeah. Because you want to get backed up into the line that you just made. Um, and so it's, it does that. Plus, it does clean all that, you know, cigarette butts and rocks and all that kind of stuff off your tires that you've picked up, you know, from the pit, pit forward. But you can actually, one of the things you can tell, and it's kind of hard to tell unless you're stand, if you're, unless you're in the staging lanes, I meant, or at the line. If you see a car go out there and go out, say, 50 foot, and then, you know, shoot over to the right, it gets out of the groove and it goes over, you'll watch the next dragster. There's a highly, if they're not paying attention, there's a high likelihood that they're going to go out, their car's going to follow that sticky line, and they're going to jet over to the right, too, because the car will actually have, you know, cars will have a, a tendency to follow the last path that the car has oh, yeah. took. Yeah. So there, you know, there, there is some of it. It's probably way more crucial the faster the car is. It's going to be way more crucial. Yeah. But, um, you know, my, my theory has always been I can't guarantee a win, 
but I can guarantee a gnarly burnout. Yeah. <laughs> so if I have friends, so if I have friends come watch me or whatever, I can't guarantee them a win, but I can give them a good, you know, I can give them a good burnout and at least make them glad that they came out and spent the afternoon with me. So, you know, well, it, it's... We know you're going to give it your all every time. You're a fighter. You're a cancer survivor, right? Yes, I sure am. What kind of cancer I, do you I, have? I, I, I was diagnosed with a cutaneous T-cell lymphoma back in 2002, which is a, uh, it's a blood cancer, but it shows itself in um, attacking the skin. Mm, wow. So just like you might have a blood cancer that attacks, you know, the liver or sure. the, you know, one of the other organs, this happens to be, um, you know, similar to a skin, skin thing. Um, and, you know, I, I was very, very fortunate because um, with a lot of prayer and, um, you know, some time went by between my diagnosis and when I went down to MD Anderson, um, I was, you know, really fortunate. And she said, we just don't know where it went. You don't have it. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And so it, it, it definitely was a, a, one of the scariest times of my life because yeah. it, it made me re, you know, I had to rethink everything, you know. And actually, it was part of the reason why I started racing was one of the hesitations was, you know, at the time I, I was married, my husband was a quadriplegic. I had a small daughter. And people said, you know, what if something happens to you? And, you know, what, what's going to, you know, how can you go racing when you have a, you know, a husband who needs you and a, and a daughter who, you know, who needs you? Don't forget your dog. And, you know, and I, I can understand that, but it's like at the point when they said, okay, you have two years to live, I thought, well, heck, it, you know, I might as well go racing yeah. because, you know, something, you know, I'm going to die anyway. Might as well do what I've been, you know, put off years and <laughs> trying to right. do. So that's awesome. It g- gives you the courage to take some more risk. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and and just from you know, just from doing things that I thought I couldn't do, and I know that it's been an example to my daughter. Um, you know, uh, you know, I went and became a volunteer firefighter, um, and she followed my footsteps, and she's been a volunteer firefighter since she was 16 years old. And it's just about that you, you take precautions, you do everything you can to, you know, be as safe as you can. But, you know, the idea that we can somehow guarantee how long we're going to be here or how long or safe we're going to be and all that, we, we, if we think we have control, we never, you know, we're fooling ourselves. Yeah. You know. That's interesting. You like to put fires out and we like to start them. <laughs> Kind of relation, kind of related, I guess. <laughs> you know, yeah. Fire. I, in fact, the funny thing is, most firemen I know aren't very good at starting starting fires. We, <laughs> we do our, we're, we try to. I'll go out here and try to do a burn. I have about twenty acres, so I'm always cutting down cedars, and you know, out here in the country, we just burn them. And I'll tell you, man, it takes me sometimes a gallon of gasoline, nineteen stacks of newspaper, <laughs> and a couple fireworks to get going. But you know, we're, we're always finding out if we have a couple of drinks first. <laughs> they seem to start easier. Yeah, we haven't caught ourselves on fire, but it's been close. You got, you got to, you got to get the stupid factor elevated a bit. <laughs> really rolling. We already got the stupid factor before we started. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and we got a thing that we like that we uh, we do where we call the hustling round. We ask some questions. You just kind of say whatever pops in your mind. You want to do that with us? 
All sure. Right. All right. Your favorite racetrack? Topeka. All right. Your favorite tires brand? It'd have to be Goodyear. Goodyear. All right. We're not taking that answer. We're going to go with Bridgestone. But <laughs> yeah, Bridgestone. Well, they, if it makes you feel better, they don't make race tires. So. <laughs> I think they make car tires. Yeah. yeah there you Any go. tires. Are, are we talking cars? Firestone. <laughs> yeah. uh, how about your favorite vacation spot? I, you know, I'd have to say Orlando. Oh. I, I'm a new convert. I, I first time ever, I went there last fall with my daughter. We had a flipping blast. It was, uh, it was, uh, we went to a, the wine and cheese festival at Epcot. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. How about your favorite NASCAR racer? Do you have one of those? Do you even watch NASCAR um, at all? You know what? I, yeah. Or I could, uh, I, you I, know what? I, I'd probably do better with name and NASCAR. I could do, uh, how about NASCAR or Indy? Um, probably doesn't help. I, I, you know, I have to say that, it, it, I, you know, I, I would have to say I'm at a loss. I'm still honestly a Joe Gibbs interstate batteries oh, yeah, fan. Yeah. Um, Bobby Labonte, Jeff was, uh, I met him and he's really nice and I don't even know if he races anymore, but I have to say as far as like we'll guys who are genuinely Really kind and I support. I'd have to say that. So we talked to, it's we, kind of. I, I know I'm probably making NASCAR people cringe, <laughs> but we talked to Jeremy Mayfield the other day. He was pretty cool. So he has a he has a yeah, firefighting story I for you. Played by character. What about um, Hillary Clinton, Jeb Bush, Ted Cruz, or Johnny Knoxville for next president? You know what? I would I would have to lean. Got, well, I, I, you know, I'd lean to conservative, but nobody has wowed me. Not Johnny Knoxville. You know what? It's just, it, it's gotten <laughs> to a point where it's like, you know, I want to see people who walk the walk. I'm yeah. tired of all the talk. I don't like politics. I, uh, well, you know, there are people who have proven who I don't like and, and all that, but it's like, it, it's kind of like the voice until it gets down to the finalists. I'm trying to keep an open mind because we're going to yeah. be, we're all going to be screwed because we're going to get one of them. And yeah. so far, I haven't, I, I, you know, it's kind of like for me, I'm just hoping for the least of the worst. Lately, when it gets down to the finalists, it's still no better. Hey, man, wait a second. I, 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 it is disappointing. I mean, I seriously think we have a better chance if we just made them all sing and we would just <laughs> pick the one we like the best. You had Ron Paul down there. He's from Texas. Isn't he from Texas, Ron Paul? Uh, well, you know what? Um, Ted, I think Ted Cruz is. Yeah, I thought Ron Paul was too. Isn't he? I don't know. I don't he, know. he might. He might I be. I, I, think it, I have to just admit, it's like I have just been so disappointed in general over politics. Yeah. That it, I've become a pessimist in my old age. It's like it's like literally, who's just going to let me keep my own freedom? And who will listen to the Constitution? If they yeah. would just do those two other things, they could tax me to death and everything They're going to do that. It's just, it, well, I mean, it's just, they're going to do that anyway. Yeah. But I mean, it's just like, you know, it's like at this point, it's just, it's gotten so scary that I, all I want is them to defend our borders and protect, and my God, love America. And I don't think a lot of politicians love America anymore. Yeah. I think that they, they're looking at, popularity in the world and i'm not i'm not a screw the world and love america i'm just saying is like i am we've gotten to a point where we're supposed to be ashamed but yeah, I mean, we're supposed that. to be ashamed that we are who we are they just and wanna... it's like you get to a point where you, 
you know. They just want to make America as, as shitty as the rest of the countries in the world. That's eventually what they're going to do. I've been around the world. I don't want to live there. And I know, <laughs> and all these people who think that they want the world, they don't want to live there either. Yeah. I mean, they've, you know, it's just, you know, you look, and especially from a woman's standpoint, how many countries oh, shit, right. I could be killed yeah. just because I pissed somebody else off. I have no right. And why why we are not appalled. Crazy, isn't it? That people can just be eliminated because... The what I mean, there's just such a imbalance, and then we're supposed to embrace and accept, you know, as though everybody's friendly. It's like it's stupidity beyond belief. What would happen over there? Stupidity on belief. What would happen over there in Syria if you're over there putting your putting on your lipstick on somebody's headers there? (laughs) Well, you know, the camel would urinate on you. The thing is, like, I, I don't even, I don't even think legally. I could, I can race in many countries. Oh, yeah, right. I can't, yeah, I don't yeah. think I can. And I've always said, you know, I always wanted to go to Qatar and race. And when I win, come out and thank Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you might not be coming home from that one. <laughs> oh, I can guarantee you. I mean, I, I don't even know what would happen if you beat a man. I don't know what would happen. <laughs> That's why I'm saying I don't even think you could race, but damn, it would be fun to find out. You know? All right. <laughs> All right. You got to pick one here. You're stranded on an island, a deserted island. You got Ted Nugent, Al Sharpton, uh, Jim Carrey, or Chuck Norris. Who are you going to pick to be on there with? Oh, he's got to go with Chuck, man. <laughs> All right. You want? He, he, he'd, look at the, he'd look at the first plane he'd see and get, say, get the fuck over here. And the plane would show up. <laughs> you know that. I meant, it's Chuck Norris. <laughs> He'd pull the island over to the to the rest of the country, right? Or he'd just like stamp his his hand really hard. The island would crack in half, and an MGM Grand Hotel would come out of the middle. Uh, how about your favorite drink? Uh, favorite drink. Let me see. Now, if I'm being if I'm being impressive, I would say a nice fine glass of wine. Um, if I want to have fun, I think probably a Long Island iced tea. Oh, all right. That's, that's my drink. That's good. That sounds good. What about your favorite caliber pistol? Do you have one of them? 38. 38? I'd say 38. Uh, next would be, uh, you know, well, yeah, I like my Glock. I mean, yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, but, Glock's you know, a good old revolver, man. You yeah. never have to worry about jams, etc. Yeah, right. Mm-mm. How about, what about your favorite Kardashian? Arnold. Arnold Kardashian? He li- yeah, he lives about four <laughs> blocks down from me. Really nice guy. Hopefully he doesn't do the Bruce sex change. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, he, 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 he ate rubbing elbows with those Kardashians. <laughs> he wouldn't have it. That's the, be- that's the best answer we've had yet. Arnold, yeah. yeah. All right. You gotta, um, is there any person uh, that you haven't met traveling around through your career that you would like to meet? Wow, that's a tough one. Man, that's a, that is a really tough one. You could say the straight um, hustling crew. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it, it would probably, you know, I would, I, and this is why it's tough. I would probably want to ask. It would probably be somebody who had like intel about what's really going on. Oh yeah, that would be. 
it would probably be something more like that. I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm, all, of course, I'm like get dumbstruck by stars or, yeah. you know, famous people or whatever. But, you know, I'm also been lucky enough to, to meet enough to know that we're all just people. Yeah, right. So I would have to say, like, somebody who really had the inside knowledge about what's really going on, whether it be an astronaut that could tell me whether there really are spacemen in space oh, or yeah. Yeah, that's cool. if it was. You know, if it was, you know, somebody who could talk about what's really happening in the government, you know. What about uh, uh, Putin, I, I would, Putin in Russia? What? So what about Putin in Russia? Would you like to meet him? You know what? I, yeah, so, something like that I would. I mean, yeah, that'd be cool. something, you know, along, assuming that he would tell the truth. But, you know, it's like, <laughs> he's yeah, a politician. I, 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 you know he's going to lie. Russia, so. <laughs> he's a politician, too. I'm but, sure he's going to lie about everything. Yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> But, you know, you're putting it here, you're putting it there. Who's up? You know? <laughs> so, it, you know, but it, I mean, I, I'm more, I, I would be, I definitely would be interested in, in talking with somebody about, you know, I met a guy one time um, who was connected to one of my sponsors who happened to be in charge of the submarine warfare. And that was an interesting conversation because oh, it's yeah. that's something that people just don't even talk about. It's kind of like, somehow just fallen away but it was just it was just interesting because there's some insight in that and you know having my ex-husband was a uh, green beret and so there's you know that kind of that kind of world has always intrigued me because there's there is so much that goes on that has nothing to do with PC or whatever but happens in a very covert manner it's yeah. a very interesting world we live in yeah right there's so much we don't even know about how about this one's going to be an easy one. Your favorite Nashville podcast. That might be you guys. Straight Hustling. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, how do we get, uh, how do we get the straighthustling.com on your, on the, on the dragster? You sent me a decal. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to send you one about 20 Pretty foot long that you can put on the side. <laughs> oh, there you go. Send me a small decal if you want a big decal. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of decal goes on a, like a sticker? Yeah, just a sticker. Oh, wow. Yeah, just like a, it, basically if it's a, it could be a plastic, just not a paper one. Yeah. It lasts pretty well because we don't, it's not like we, you know, drive it in circles for 200 miles. Right. So <laughs> if, it's, if you just have a, you know, a, pl a plastic, you know, something small, I'll put it and, and take pictures and send it to you. Oh, that's awesome. That'd be, yeah, that'd be really cool. Well, we want to thank you so much for coming on and taking the time out. And uh, it's been super cool to talk okay, to you. you got yeah. a great story. If you ever get to I Nashville, look us yeah, up. Where's home base for you? Nashville. So, so if you ever home base, you know I, I've been trying to get out in Clay Clay Milliken's territory. So I'll you know it definitely if I head out for a race, we might do. I don't know when Bristol's coming up. I know there's something yeah. that direction that I've been trying to catch at the end of this year, but um, definitely you know. Um, don't they call it Thunder Mountain you know, or something like that at Bristol? You know what? The, the funny part is. There's like four different tracks that call themselves Thunder Thunder Mountain, Thunder Valley, <laughs> Thunder something. You know, for for me, it's just like, would you just say the name yeah. of the city? It's been, it makes it so much easier. But there is one in Bristol and there's one in Memphis. I can't remember which is which because it's kind of usually not one I go to just because of the distance. But Yeah, um, if you get out that way, let us know. We'll come meet you and get some pictures and stuff. That'd okay. be really cool. I'll get you a long yeah. on tea. Well, I, you, know, I, you know, you guys are always welcome at the track. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you awesome. know, it's it's space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for thank you very much, and thank you for accommodating our time. And man, you've been awesome. And good luck going out to the track. We'll keep following you and supporting you. Thank you.
All right. Thank you very much, Tina. Okay. All right. Have a good night. Good night. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That's the show. Tina Stoles on Straight Hustling, talking about racing dragsters. Yeah, she said they're talking about making decisions in the last 320 feet. I think she's the last second. Yeah, not even the second, because she said uh, in uh, the first 100 feet, 100 feet, she's doing 106 miles an hour. (laughs) Good God. That's crazy. We'll have to get her a sticker and get the straight hustling on the dragster. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah, like you you said, a 20-foot sticker looked great on that car. Yeah. (laughs) So you guys follow Tina. You can check her out on Twitter. She's active on Twitter. She's got a lot of racing coming up. And uh, keep following her and supporting her. Man, she's done an awesome job, done a lot of different things. And so, Stu, where can they find us on? Hey, y'all be sure to hit our website. It's www.str8hustlin.com. We've got our uh, Stitcher feed. We have our iTunes feed. Um, We have awesome T-shirts you can buy. Um, Be sure that uh, when you do hit uh, iTunes, uh, leave us some comments. Tell us what you like about the show. And definitely be sure you hit that uh, Freedom Munitions link at the bottom of the page. Sign up for their email and get some great uh, deals on ammunition straight to your inbox. Yeah, it's a cool company. Great. We, uh, we buy our ammunition from Freedom Munitions, so check them out. Got great prices. So we're going to get out of here. If you ain't hustling, you ain't living. But at my fat ass woke up next to a midget. And all that I remember was us kicking it and laughing. And then I woke up like, what the fuck happened? I swear, every Sunday morning, I feel like a bad guy. There's a dude sleeping on my floor with a black guy. I lost my wallet, man. I must have left it at the bar. I got my keys, but I still can't find my car. So I'm just sitting here staring at the ceiling, dealing with such a gut-wrenching feeling, the weekend's gone. I can't believe it again, but I know on Friday, I'll be drinking again. So let me light a cigarette and drink me a beer. It's Sunday morning, and if my baby calls, tell her I ain't here. It's Sunday morning, the bar is closing down again. Me and all my ratty friends, I think the sun's coming up again. It's Sunday morning, yeah, yeah It's Sunday morning, yeah, yeah Come on everybody, come on y'all Let me light a cigarette and drink me a beer <laughs> It's Sunday morning And if my baby calls, tell her I ain't here It's Sunday morning The bar is closing down again Sun's coming up again. It's Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, baby. Ha <laughs> ha.